You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. Hey, y'all. As we get started today, I just want to take a moment to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Manta Sleep. So Manta Sleep makes products for a better night's sleep. They specialize in eye masks. They have sound machines. They have weighted blankets. And so I'm going to tell you a real quick story about my experience with eye masks. Um, So at night, when my partner and I go to bed, I pick up a book, read for 10 minutes, roll over and go to sleep. And my partner goes down the wormhole of the internet for sometimes hours. And the light from his computer sometimes drives me a little bit insane. And I have tried eye masks in the past, of course, everybody has, but either the band has cut into my head or because I'm a stomach sleeper, it's gotten all twisted and not covered my eyes and been uncomfortable. It's never worked. So recently I was lucky enough to try out a Manta sleep mask. And y'all, I am not exaggerating. I am not saying this because they're a sponsor. This is legitimately the most comfortable thing I have ever put on my face. The fabric is so soft. It is zero pressure. And when I say zero pressure, I mean zero pressure. And somehow they have designed it so well that I can sleep on my stomach and this thing stays on my eyes and feels comfortable. I'm obsessed with this mask. It's hysterical. I will not sleep a night without it now. And I'm super happy to get to share it with you because I really, truly believe in it. Mindful Minute listeners save 10% on all products from Manta Sleep. Use code MINDFUL10, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-1-0, at mantasleep.com. So happy Monday. Welcome, you guys. I'm happy to see all of you as usual. And so we're going to dive right into um, our talk this evening, which is the third in this series of responding creatively to fear. And you'll remember that it started with really simply just identifying the coping mechanisms that we're using, our habituated response to fear. And the second step was then to start doing something differently, anything to break that immediate reaction that has been habituated, right, over time. So we have to do something, anything differently. And, you know, my example was going to take a bath in the middle of the day, but it could literally be, you know, a dance or taking three deep breaths or run outside or journal, anything to break that habit. And then this final step is really to simply remember the intention to continue on this path. And I, you know, as I was writing this, the quote that came to mind is probably one of my all-time favorites. It comes from Rumi, and Rumi writes, you set out to find God, and yet you keep stopping at mean-spirited roadhouses. And I love that so much because it's so simple, and yet when I, every time I read it, I think, oh my God, I do. I do keep stopping at mean-spirited roadhouses. Why do I do that? I remember um, there's another Atlanta yoga teacher, and years and years ago, he said, you know, it's it's best not to start on this path, because once you do, you're on it. 
And all these years later, I still remember that because I find it to be unbelievably true in a silly way, right? Unbelievably true. Because once we start to wake up, you can't unwake up. You can't. You might want to. I have wanted to many, many times and tried many times. I have thrown up my hands and said, forget meditation. Let me sit on this couch with my bottle of wine and eight hours of Netflix and pretend like I don't know anything about anything. And unfortunately, or unfortunately, you know, our subconscious doesn't let us do that. Because as we start to wake up, that little voice starts to say, you know this isn't going to work. You know that coping mechanism doesn't actually help. Keep going. It gets better. Keep going. There's something truer out there. And so this practice that we're on, especially as we look at it in regards to fear, is a practice of continually reminding ourselves what we set out to do. Because we're going to continually face discomfort, right? It feels like it'd be so much easier to go back to the coping mechanism. We know it. It's kind of safe, right? We know what we're going to get from it and how we're going to feel from it. And there are many different ways that teachers over the hundreds of years have described awakening, but most often it has something to do with feeling the great heartbreak of the world. It's something along those lines, feeling the great heartbreak of the world. And I don't say that to scare you off at all. What I, I say it because I want you to recognize it when it happens and rather than get scared, go, oh yeah. I'm getting somewhere in this practice because we're starting to feel, right? We're starting to strip away all of the things that we have built up to protect ourselves from feeling and we're allowing ourselves to actually feel. And sometimes that really hurts. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable. And as we were talking about just before we started recording this, um, you know, sort of built in habit when somebody says, how are you? And you say, fine. And now we all feel the urge to like pause and be like, God, how do I answer that question? Am I totally truthful? Am I half truthful? What do I say to this? And it's uncomfortable. Wouldn't it just be easier to be like, yeah, fine, go on our day? It's uncomfortable to have to stop and assess in any moment, how am I feeling? And then be honest about it. But the gift of it is, as we do that, then we get to engage in our lives in this completely authentic way. When we know, hey, I'm not fine right now, we suddenly have choice. When we can talk to somebody and say, actually, you know what I'm feeling right now is this odd mix of X and Y. And then maybe somebody validates that or offers another perspective for that. I wanted to share about a meditation experience I had last week. And so, you know, I meditate every morning and I was sitting outside and right now, you know, it's been beautiful here in Atlanta. So I've been meditating outside almost every day and the breeze is blowing and the birds are chirping. It's very, very idyllic in this moment. And I'm meditating and into my brain pops an adage that I have taught many, many times, which is, What if you didn't have to fix this moment? 
what if you didn't have to fix this moment? And so that sort of landed in my brain and it just instantly felt so easy. Like I felt my shoulders drop, I felt my breath soften. It felt so nice to think, oh, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to fix anything. This moment's okay. And within a quarter of a second of that thought process and that feeling landing in my body, immediately my brain starts screaming, but but COVID, but Ahmed Aubrey, but our horrid politicians and global warming and all the freaking problems in the world. And then immediately I'm like, I do have to fix this moment. This is not a moment to not fix. And so I share all that because all of that's true. And the thing that we don't have to fix is the tension. We don't have to fix the tension. We can hold both of those statements, both of those beliefs. We can hold any two statements, beliefs, feelings, and trust that we don't have to fix the tension between them. And so in this COVID moment, I've had so many conversations where people will perhaps acknowledge a silver lining or you know, some sort of good coming out of this moment and immediately backtrack and justify like, and oh my God, it's so awful. And, and yes, those are both true. And what we don't have to fix is the tension between them. And I think giving ourselves the space to say, I can feel tension in my own beliefs, in my own thought processes, in my relationships, in my work life, in my home life, I can feel tension and I can continue on this path, right? We don't have to fix the tension. We just have to aspire to stay awake because the habit is I feel the tension and I got to go. I got to grab for the coping mechanism. I got to go back to sleep in some way. I got to get off this path. And our work is just to say, this is tension. This is the discomfort. This is the heartbreak. This is the fear. And I can stay. And so we practice We practice meditating so that every time we don't scratch that itch and every time we let go of the thought train or every time we stay seated even though the urge to go check email is unbelievably strong in the moment. All of that is the training ground for being okay with the tensions right? Those are so little. It's so little not to scratch an itch on your nose. But have you ever been like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to scratch that itch while we meditate. And then you're like, "Ah, I just, I got to do it. God, it's so itchy, right? We all do that. But it's such a little way to practice. It's a safe way to practice. I can feel that discomfort and just stay. I can aspire to keep going. 
one of the most common hindrances of a meditation practice is what they call laziness. And it's not the laziness you and I think of, right? It's not the laying on our couch laziness necessarily. It's the laziness of sort of pseudo practicing. You're like, oh, I'm going to meditate. And you sit down and you cross your legs and you close your eyes and you got the nice music in the background. And then you like draft out the next five emails you're going to send, or you write your whole grocery list, or you daydream about the next vacation you're going to take when we can take vacations again. And never once do you stop yourself. You just kind of let yourself go on that little train. And then the bell rings and you're like, okay, I did it. On with my day. The work of aspiring to stay awake is even though sometimes it's so nice just to daydream about that next vacation, the work is to go come back to the breath. Come back to the breath and feel that tension between when and if and how will a vacation ever happen again. Just feel and breathe. Stay a little bit longer and keep aspiring to stay awake. So let's practice together, yes? Take a minute to find your seat. And of course, if you're already seated, just uncross your legs, cross them the other way, let yourself get comfortable. And you can let your hands rest down onto your lap, palms face down. Let your eyes drift closed if that feels safe today. And if it doesn't, you can always take just a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group here, nice big inhaling. Exhale out a sigh. And we'll do that again, inhaling deeply. Exhaling out a sigh. Allowing your breath just to fall to its own natural pace. And taking a moment to feel those easy inhales and exhales as you settle yourself. And you could begin your practice here just by silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And with that invitation, we sit all the way down. Every muscle and bone in our body just settling and releasing a little bit. You might feel the way your hips and thighs can let go just a little bit more into the cushions beneath you. You might feel the way you can just gently lift up and lengthen through your spine. Feeling the crown of the head just subtly reach up towards the sky. And the shoulders drop back and down. We sit and we breathe. And gradually the muscles through the face let go. 
feeling the brow smooth and broaden. Maybe a little extra space between your eyebrows. Relaxing any gripping around your eyes. And softening down through the lips, through the jaw. Feeling the entire inside of the mouth, spacious and relaxed. And you might feel through the throat, through the muscles in the neck. Maybe sending a few breaths out across your collarbones. And gradually we begin to take in just that rise and fall of the chest as we breathe. Letting the breath and the chest be just as they are. And simply feeling through the inhale and the exhale, noticing how your chest feels right now. Gradually, we follow that breath down into the belly and we let go of the belly muscles. So that the front of our body can be completely soft. Completely open. Completely curious. We feel ourselves here, both relaxed and awake. And you might even set the intention right here to stay awake. Let me stay awake to my thoughts. my feelings, to my experience.
We glide into a period of silence here, just allowing all of our attention to be with the breath. Feeling the fullness of the inhale. And feeling the complete experience of the exhale. Letting yourself be completely immersed in each breath.
starting to feel your breath if you've drifted away. Letting that breath grow deeper over the course of the next few inhales and exhales. When you feel ready, you might wiggle your fingers, your toes. Bring a little movement back into the body, perhaps straightening up the spine if you've slumped over. When you're ready, you'll draw your palms together in front of your heart like a prayer, bow your chin down. Taking a full deep breath in, exhaling out a sigh. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review or share this with somebody you think would enjoy it. To learn more about my in-person and virtual offerings, visit MerylArnett.com or check me out on Instagram at MerylArnett. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.